It's the Tiltcast, episode 477, Rock'em Sock'em. And this week, guys, we talk Starmancer, Doom Eternal, MechWarrior 5 Mercenaries, Space Haven, and Draft of Darkness. Stay tuned. Pew, pew. Missile boats. Ah. And it's just the two of us. Just the two of us. I'm Nas. I'm Jason. There's no Rusty. And it's an M-rated show, and with the two of us, you'll get some amount of time of bullshit. Bullshit. Some games, some news. Um, Yeah, Rusty. Uh, Rusty's actually been battling a migraine for about three days. And uh, I was talking to him late last night. I guess he had, like, caved himself out. Um, had the lights turned real dim. Was just kind of... Loosely goofing off in some Final Fantasy uh, MMO, which I'm sure we'll hear some more about the Memorpager when he gets back. Uh, but he is down for the count tonight and decided he did not want to drive half an hour over here or do it. I don't think he has a mic over there, does he? I don't think he has one currently, no. I don't think he's he, bought a new one. Yeah, so I didn't really want to put him into the, died. Put him into the Oculus like he did last time. <laughs> right? <laughs> Um, yeah. So, and I seriously doubt he's bought a new headset either. No, we just chat on his little, he's got a little Corsair wireless like I do. But I'm mean, honestly, I use that thing. It's funny, like working from home, you know, you can use some of your own equipment. And I ended up using my Corsair wireless headset for conference calls and, um, any kind of meeting I got. And then if I talk to, sometimes I talk to customers on the phone and I, it's all through what they don't know is a fairly high quality gaming headset. Right. And I got the idea cause one of my managers was using a turtle beach, uh, my old manager and I always give him shit about it. And he's like, well, you know, it's a good headset. Well, I mean that he's tur- like, it's better than the one they give us from work. <laughs> the microphone on that turtle beach I've got is excellent. And then I've got the. I've got the wired version of the Corsair you have. Well, his even has... And that's great. His has, like, the, like, rotating LED lights that, like... <laughs> he looks like a gaming twink when he's on that's there. That's even more baller. So... <laughs> I would love to see that as a manager, you get on a meeting with all of with all of your supervisors with RGB going off your right ear, just <laughs> circling... <laughs> Yeah, it's got moving RPG. I don't. I haven't seen it as much lately. I don't know if he covered it up with some tape or something, but it was well, just the first time you, I it like stood out one hundred percent. I was like, it, "You've got a gaming headset." You don't can you? also install Turtle Beach's software onto your computer, and you can actually turn that off. Yeah, but it's our work computer, so we can't install it. Don't have install permission. No, I'm saying if he finally got around to it on his personal computer. Oh, you mean? Yeah, but it's not going to be plugged into that, right? No, but once you once you turn it off in the settings, it stays off till you turn it back on. That's ah. one of the pluses. But yeah, but, all the RGBs. Um, oh, man, there was a funny first meeting with him. He was a real fun manager. But um, oh, I bet that was great. But yeah, I was just like, huh, that's a that's a great idea. I've got. I think I'm going to start using my wireless headset, and he's like, yeah. It's like, it feel like you're on a leash on these conference calls. What, which is 
fairly important. I mean, especially since you've got Lola with you pretty much all the time. There's, well, you, for there, me. For there's times sometimes I'm sure you've had to kind of like. I actually don't have to do much with her throughout the day. I mean, she's very content to stay. She just wants to be wherever I'm at. So she doesn't go wandering the house, getting into trouble. Um, she doesn't go barking at the door. She can't hear anything. Yeah. You know, so. That's true. It's not that big a deal. Honestly, it's the other headset cord I have is only like four feet long, if that. And oh. so I can barely stand up yeah, and wear it. Yeah, that's a hindrance. Yeah, I can barely stand up and wear it. I almost have to crouch. It, it may be five feet long, but it's it's really, really short. And I'd have to put my computer up on my desk to be able to stand to up be able to properly stand. without. I have to stand like in one spot if I stand up. It's, it's just too short. Ugh. Yeah. I, I'm just like, yeah. I don't want to mess with that. No. But but um, it's been an interesting week. Been uh been playing things and stuff. Been getting disappointed by things. But right. Um, anything that happened under the sun new with you or not? Not terribly new out outside of games. Uh, about the uh, about the closest thing we did was we went bowling a couple times this week just because. The wife signs the kids up for uh, Kids Bowl Free every summer. Oh, that's not a bad so, idea. You know, basically for um, for like $20 a kid, you basically get two free games of bowling like three times a week for basically the entire summer it starts like the second week of june and so you spend 60 bucks and you've got bowling all summer basically yeah and even and if the you kids go, aren't going to want to bowl like six games at a even day. if you only go two or three times during the summer that's already paid for itself right there knowing your wife she probably takes them almost every week doesn't she uh no we generally average um uh once every other week throughout the summer. That's not bad. Just because they've got, um, it's Titan still has enough trouble, um, with just ambient environment and noises and whatnot. Right. That he can only handle so much of of that sort of stuff and enough so social anxiety that he can only handle so much. So, uh, we don't push that too hard. Um, but you know, it, it's a good outing once every other week. And, um, since we already, since Chris, Crystal and I already own our own shoes, etc., we're not paying for those. So, I mean, for so, us, it's a huge savings. Yeah. It's like what a $10 family yeah. outing, something like that. Basically, yeah. Because it's just the price for you and her to bowl at that point. Yeah. And we even, this year, we we went and invested the $25 it was to get the oldest kid a, pull, a pair of bowling shoes. Just because three or four trips to the bowling alley there renting her shoes basically paid for those. Forgot about yeah. bowling. Without... This COVID stuff, that's actually something me and Jess have done a couple times, too, with her kiddo. I actually really love it's, bowling. I really suck at it, but I don't mind getting out and I, not sucking as bad as they do. I suck at it now. 
which is really embarrassing because up until um around the time that um uh I met Crystal and you know I started hanging out with you and Rusty a, a shit ton. Um I was actually a league bowler. <laughs> And now I, I really suck. Well, My, there's there's a bowling alley by our old work that a lot of people went to quite often. Yep. Um, and that's the one basically that we frequented. But I used to be a 240 bowler. Yeah, I'm about a 120 bowler. Now I'm like a 110 to 120 bowler. <laughs> it's super embarrassing. I'm glad I never run into any of those league people. Otherwise, they give me shit. But I don't gutter ball. I still don't gutter ball. Just the aim is bad enough now and the swing consistency that I don't always get what I need. I just try to aim for the middle, and that's about as good as I'm ever going to get. There's no curving or doing any of that other crazy shit. Um, I never had a curve profile ball. So mine's got like very little hook on it at the end. Just to kind of enhance strikes, my ball's basically a straight ball, but it's also a 16 pound ball, which I handle a lot less now. So I get tired fairly quickly. <laughs> a 16 pound ball is fairly fucking heavy. <laughs> I always like using heavier balls because I just, if you can get her going, I mean, it's just a lot more impact and it knocks everything around, you know? Yeah, but you can achieve the same velocity with a with a fourteen or twelve pound ball with a lot less effort. Now I haven't bowled in about a year and a half at this point because it was pre COVID the last time I did. But if I get too light of a ball, I feel like I end up throwing it halfway down the damn lane. Right. If I get like a ten pound ball versus like a fifteen pound ball. Here, here's the thing though: if you get like a uh uh. A twelve a twelve pound ball that fits your hand at the bowling alley, which you should be able to do fairly easily. I can't always because um, they make very little of those with larger hand sizes, um, and your hands aren't as long as mine. That's... No, I just have real fat dwarf hands. Yeah, um, but you get a twelve pound ball, then it's not about how hard you throw it. Just make your swing consistently start start and stop, and you're pretty much golden. It, it's more about swinging the same way every time and getting used to that. But that that's pretty much most of what we did. About the about the only other thing I did this week was I watched uh, the Suicide Squad two on HBO Max, yeah. which was great so is it better than um better than last let's for let's forget the first one even happened okay that's how good this is let's just make this the first movie and go (laughs) well that's uh pretty high praise considering the last one just was not that great Oh, most of the problem with the last one really revolved around the villain. They just did not do a good job with that at all. I mean, as much of a Harley Quinn and Batman fan that Jessa is, I didn't actually watch it, but she just couldn't even get into it either. She's like, it was such a disappointment. 
<laughs> just like, yeah, that's what I've heard. Yeah, most of that was to like, do don't with... Even, she's like, don't even watch it. <laughs> most of that to was due to the villain, but also um, they kind of played the Joker's possible involvement up more than what it really was as far as the studio and, like, all the promotional stuff. Yeah. Um. So then when you get into it, and really the Joker's only in a couple of flashbacks in the movie... <laughs> But, I mean, this second movie, it's James Gunn. Okay, that makes a big difference. Okay. I mean, you're you're talking about the, the same guy who did Guardians of the Galaxy. And let's face it, the Guardians of the Galaxy are not good people. Is Marvel a little bit tone, more toned down and less gritty? Yeah. It, James Gunn really really enjoyed being able to be R-rated. And Let's it's put a, it that way. It's an R, isn't it? Yes. Um, but very... I, I'm not going to talk about anything specific because I don't want to spoil anything for anybody. I'm just saying it is 100% worth the watch. There is a reason why it has a 98% fresh on rotten tomatoes that good huh it is that fucking good that's pretty high praise honestly like if they could just get james gunn to do more of their movies dc would be wildly more successful just keep repeating the same formula you got with that and shazam and you guys would be good (laughs) so and that literally just came out like two days ago, right? Yes. Huh. Yeah, it came out on Thursday. Do you have to have seen the last one to watch this one? No. Completely independent story. That's great. Plus the fact that they replaced Will Smith with Erdis Alba. Erdis Alba. I can deal with that. He's so much better. I mean, Will Smith didn't do a bad job. No, in the first movie. There's nothing wrong with Will Smith. I there just... was nothing wrong with Will Smith's portrayal, but Ertis Alba is just Deeper. he's much better at playing playing a hard ass. Yeah, Will Smith isn't much of a hard ass. No. And Will Smith doesn't really play cutthroat. No, I mean, I am legend. I know the... there's a lot of controversy over that movie versus the source material is is very different. But, like, I Am Legend was quite good, and I liked him in a role where he basically had to Wilson his way through the whole thing and not be a shady castaway movie. Yeah, and, um, and I actually think his lighter take on that character what made the movie much more watchable um, than the original movie. Yeah, he's a pretty decent actor, I just, that, but he's also, like... To have him in a movie, you need to have some serious cash behind you. Yeah. Um, and then for the... Uh, uh, and then you look at his other one. I mean, about the hardest characters he's ever played are, is that and Hancock. And Hancock he, was more he, he, sarcastic. He did, a, he did a good job in Hancock, but, I mean... Hancock. You're right. That was more hard sarcasm than it was actually being a hard person. Yeah, he was just sick of everything. That's all there was to it. 
So, but yeah, Suicide Squad 2 is excellent. If you have HBO Max, go watch it. If you don't, you can actually rent it without having to do the whole subscription. Was it like 20 bucks or something? Yeah, something like that. I mean. Through HBO Max still, but I mean. That's honestly not that bad. I need to take advantage of it because. And I think the VOD rentals like a week long or something like that. I need to watch it before it goes off HBO. Because I fucking missed Mortal Kombat because I got HBO two days after it went off of that. I can't believe you missed that movie. (sighs) Yeah, I'm a. I'm just waiting for it to come back to but, HBO at this point. But even if even if you don't want to pay the VOD, HBO also released something this month that they didn't have before. Typically, HBO Max is $15 a month, uh, which is pricing in, in line with their premium subscriptions through, through any of the cable or satellite providers. Right. This month, they also released a uh, option that's $5 cheaper that has a minimal amount of ads. So it's $9.99 and runs a couple ads that aren't HBO ads before and after the movie. Nice stand. <laughs> so I've been. You, you holding up your digital dick? I was just curious. Um, so through my work rewards program, I got a, it's not the best tablet, but it's a free tablet. Um, it's a Samsung galaxy S six Lite, but I'm not using it because of its processing power. I'm using it because it's a screen with Wi-Fi, and it's Android and it's Android. It's not a uh, Apple, which so, means you, as long as you have a good enough internet connection, you can xCloud it, or you can even Steam Link right back here to your home PC. That is correct. And I've got this little thing that's for my phone, to hold my phone, so that I can play games. <clears throat> and I just realized the kickstand for this also works for a 10-inch tablet. <laughs> um, it's which excellent. I've got, a, I've got something on order I say order. I do a lot of grocery orders, and so I picked up. You know what? That almost looks like it may fit it with the case on it. Yeah, it's got. There may be enough space there. I mean, I've got that much give. Oh yeah, it'll fit it. Yeah. So one of the things that I found on Amazon actually is if you find a phone holder. So there's these things that you can get where that'll hold an Xbox controller plus your phone at the same time. And so this is actually the part that actually goes on the controller plus that. But it's just a little thing with a little spring on it that snags your phone and your controller, and you hold your controller and it holds your phone like a display so you can play games. And I used to mess with that a little bit with uh, Game Pass, right? And I decided that on break or whatever, I don't always want to fire up the computer on break. Or sometimes, I'm just going to be honest with you, sometimes I want to lay in bed and goof off, and I'll play Steam Link on my phone or something like that while I'm laying down, and I need a bigger screen. That's that's what it came down to. And I've got an iPad, and an iPad does not um, 
does not do it does Steam Link okay, uh, but it does not do Game Pass for. Let's face it, it's called Game Pass for Android. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, so, but Game Pass for Android yeah. um, does work pretty well. I was uh, dicking around with a little bit. I was demoing it for Jason. Now you've tried it out, but I was like, you need to try this on a tablet versus playing it on your phone. And yeah. there's a pretty significant difference it, with being able to see everything. It is. It is a significant difference. I mean, Doom Eternal was playable. There is, I will say there are drawbacks, and you have to pick what games you're going to play on that service right now selectively. But there's something you're not considering. You can download the games to your... that. That's true, and that may improve the controller input lag. I don't know. I think part of but... that is we're trying to run Doom Eternal on it, which I feel like is kind of like a flagship game for graphics. You know, it'll run like that or Gears 5 I or mean, something like that, you know? It it and Shadow of the Tomb Raider are like the perfect poster children for performance for graphic performance. Everybody benchmarks with those things. So yeah. that's why I grabbed it. But I, still I mean, it it ran well and I could play it pass I could play it good enough. But you could tell as I was playing it, it was the input lag was such that you'd start turning and you let off the stick and it would keep turning. I turned down the sensitivity and that improved a little bit, but not by much. I was still way overshooting crap. Well, I'm going to test something else out with it. So I'm getting ready to go on like a 10-day trip to go see Jessa out of state. And which is one of the reasons I was getting the tablet set up because I was like, okay, I'm not 100% sure how well Steam Link's going to stream from there and I can't download Steam games to an Apple tablet. Um, and I really don't want to be just restricted to Steam um, or the old-ass games I got on tablet. So I'd like to be able to play Game Pass. And I was like, well, I got it on my phone, but... I have an S10e again. Me and my cheapness. Um, it's a small phone. This has got a five-inch screen, and that's very difficult to see. Um, I've got a seven-inch screen. Well, yeah, but I'm just saying, like gaming on this little last screen. Yeah, is let's just say I'm playing a tactical game, right? Let's say I'm playing Wasteland. Mm -hmm. I barely see anything I, on there. <laughs> I would not play Wasteland or BattleTech on that. Right. I have played BattleTech on my Note 20. Yeah, but it's that's still pushing like the limits of being able to see shit. It works. Yeah, but you and it's playable. Granted, my eyes are nowhere near as bad as yours, but... which is why I've got a screen that's about four times bigger than your phone <laughs> for playing stuff like that. Right? Like I want to play BattleTech, or let's say I want to stream MechWarrior while I'm out there. Right? Oh yeah. And I'm planning on I'm gonna see what the performance i'm testing stuff right now but i'm gonna see what the performance is with streaming on my network which i know my network's pretty fucking solid here and then i'm gonna see how much space it takes up for me to download a few games it's only the 64 gig variant i got it for free from work so which is why i didn't get anything more than this honestly um but i'm really looking forward to it to be honest with you i i'm thinking 
when I'm out there, maybe I'll try out like Yakuza Like a Dragon or something like that. Try something new or finally finish Doom Eternal. Um, yeah. Because she can't hang with me the whole time that she's there. There's going to be probably eight hours of the day yeah. where she's they, working that I've got to just hang with Lola. Yeah. I, I would just be sure that you install Doom Eternal way beforehand and test it first. Because if that input lag really doesn't improve, then it's not going to be worth it for you. Yeah, I thought about getting me a... I'm not going to get crazy, but maybe get a 512 gig uh, micro SD. Yeah. And put that sucker in there and then... I mean, a 512 or, or a 256. I mean, they're both fairly inexpensive and would allow you to download four or five games. Uh, depending on what you select. Well, Doom's only 19 gigs on the download. Oh, for the mobile. Yeah. Yeah, because it downloads a different version. Yeah. Well, it's not necessarily that it's a different version. It's just it only downloads a certain amount of assets. I I don't know that for sure. I really don't know what it downloads. I haven't gotten that far. Maybe while we're doing this, it launch Game Pass. It also has touch input, which is kind of crazy. I've tried playing a couple of games with touch input. Like most of my exp- mobile stuff has just been playing with the tech. I haven't actually finished a game on this. Go to cloud. Let's Doom was the one that had the biggest issue. Yeah. Plays great on mobile. interesting I could play control or desperados there's a turn-based game screw okay doom eternal oh no that's install 79 gigs gonna need a gonna that, need an expansion that's <laughs> what I figured if it were going to download a smaller file size, then what it would be doing is downloading some primary assets um, for it to render on the machine, and then it would be streaming everything else. Yeah, it. Uh, it's just interesting. I'm trying to see if there's anything else like I could play Gears Tactics on here too. Yeah, finally finished that. There's a lot of little things that I've been wanting to finish, but the mobile version also has, I think, some games that aren't on the regular version of Game Pass. You can get a Let Her Give You Kisses. Miss Lola. She she has no Rusty tonight, so she's got a... This is the third time that she has decided she's got to lick Jason's ears. Makes me wonder, Jason. I hope you uh, cleaned your ears. Give her a uh, get a little bit of a belly rub there, Lola. It's pretty entertaining. I wish at some point we start, if we ever do the video cast, you guys can see the little interruption we get from this little dog uh, at least two or three times. It's it's fun. <coughs> ish i know jason would say it's less than fun 
at least she didn't launch herself off my nutsack like she did in living room earlier. That is true. Oh, that was painful. But yeah, the the wizardry behind this is pretty interesting. Um, it's just a really cool technology, I think. I was even telling Jason, so I was playing, oh, yeah. playing around with stuff, so I was going to let me, I'm going to launch something is... without the sound. I'm going to show you something. So, obviously, oh, I got to pair it with a controller. Yeah, it's not going to let you do it without the controller paired. I think I need to, there's a filter for. Um, that is another thing. Some games absolutely require that you have the controller paired. Um, but there are some games that don't require it, which is pretty crazy. But, I mean, really, Game Pass on mobile and Project X Cloud is really Microsoft kind of prematurely flexing their muscle. Um, this is them doing all of the groundwork and preparation uh expecting you know 5g rollouts to be fully completed within the next two years yeah and i think um, like with 5g which will make mobile mobile gaming uh over the cloud completely possible so as you can see i mean it's already playable on f on 4g depending on what game you're playing Showing him uh, Hellblade. I'm trying to remember. Because that would be easy with touch controls. <laughs> trying to remember how to select it. Sir, there's a hand with a green button underneath it. Right below your down arrow button. Oh, I actually have. Okay, I got it. I got it. Hit the B. Actually, have to hit that B. So, okay. There you go. go. So, Hellblade, right? Obviously, very graphically intensive game. And me and you have played this before, so we know the intro is literally her just. You know, there's nothing I need to do to interact with it, but we can no. tell right off the bat if. It's streaming causes any kind of issue. We know that this game looks stupid. I mean, it's it's obviously streaming um, at 1080p. It's not you're not going to get 4K or even 1440 out of it. Oh, but I'm absolutely okay with that. Um, but I mean, even with uh, uh. Doesn't have Even all the pretties. Without the 4K assets, um, you still get quite a bit of the particle effects at 1080. Well, the particle effects are all um, there. It's just they're it's not just quite as sharp. Turned but, down. But being that it's on a tablet versus but, my TV, like that I still mean, looks the, pretty damn good. The fog and the god rays still look really good. Yeah, it's a. Uh, that still looks pretty stupid. The only thing that you can tell is at a lower resolution. 
so far right now is just the fur around her neck. Like I remember sp specifically that's um, that section there at 4K, you could see the breeze kind of moving through it and that's gone. Yeah, but just the when they're saying they're flexing their muscle like there's just not another service around yeah. that I mean there's not another service that would stream this game at 1080p I just to me it's it's so cool because of a lot of reasons right um I don't let's say I'm having issues even on let's say on Game Pass I'm having some issues with a game right and it won't work on my PC but I could play it on mobile <laughs> Like, isn't that just insane? That I, is. I could play that game on mobile, and then all of the things that release from Xbox Studios are going to come to this, and a that, that majority of an, their big releases are coming to Game Pass. That begs an interesting question. What have you had difficulty playing with playing on your PC that you haven't had, a, had any difficulty on mobile? Okay. Nothing. I'm I was just, like, wait, your PC's fucking baller. <laughs> No, I I haven't, but I mean, being honest, there's a few things that I've actually had to turn down to 1440. Um, I guess if I'm not touching the screen or doing anything, it's going to try to oh, turn me out. So you want to know something interesting since the, uh, the whole motherboard and RAM upgrade? Um, I can... Uh, I can actually run um, Cyberpunk in 4K, RTX, DLSS. What about medium settings? No. Run it on high? Yep. That's not bad. And I'm averaging 58 to 60 frames per second. That's not bad. Well, they've been doing a lot of optimization passes, too. Yeah. But, I mean... You guys weren't even able to do that on your 3080 and 3090. Have you tested it? No, I don't recently? have it. In, I don't have it installed right now. Usually, when I beat a game, especially one with an install size that big, I'll uninstall it. And the only reason I've kept that installed is sometimes it's uh, uh, it's fun to just go in for for a couple hours and just stick around. Because even on my first playthrough, I didn't necessarily. Um, hit like all of the little contracts, etc., in the game. Um, and sometimes that world's just fun to go and dick around in. No, <laughs> oh, I agree. Um, so that's that. That has has been a nice part about the PC getting the full upgrade. Plus, um. Steam Link actually works even better now. <laughs> I've really I've enjoyed that service quite a bit. I and you have more of a use case for it than I do, but honestly, Steam Link has been so incredible for me gaming wherever I want in the house. I mean, honestly, you know, there was a time when I first got this house where I was putting a console in the bedroom, right, and then putting my other, you know, my pc by my tv and then i switched around where i had my pc in my bedroom like just having a place to game um 
But now that I'm mostly here by myself, everything's out in the living room. And if I want to go back there and game in the dark, which I do like to do sometimes, um, it's just yeah. fucking Game Pass or fucking Steam Link. And it's nice to be able to just use that service pretty liberally wherever I want, you know? Yeah. Well, and the thing, I guess, I I always liked about Steam Link more than... Uh, um, more than anything you could do with Microsoft before uh, they released xCloud was just the fact that I could more stably sit there and play it um, play Steam Link than I could remote play for the Xbox Yeah, on a Windows machine um, but since xCloud released I guess some of that also included some stabilization passes for um for the remote play service for Xboxes cuz that even works better now. Yeah, I haven't tried that in a while, but I haven't really had a reason to. That works with Game a hell of a lot better now. Yeah, I forgot that was even a thing, but I mean, you can stream from your console to anywhere else in the house, right? Yeah, as long as you have a uh um either a a Windows 10 machine to stream it to, which I have had with, with my Surface for a long, long time. Um, but now, even anything that has a... Um, shoot, what is it? A mirror link, you can cast it to now. So, I mean... And then you can cast your Windows PC to the Xbox via mirror link. That works both ways. I haven't tried that yet. It works. And it works fairly freaking stable. Depending on your network, though, you have to have a good router to handle that. But I'm sure, like, the use cases for people like you who want to free up the TV so the kids can watch television, and you probably still want a game and you don't want to watch fucking Mm -hmm. SpongeBob or whatever it is they're watching. Yep. Um, I mean, it, you could sit in the living room with them while they're watching that and play Doom on your surface. Exactly. Or like the, um, one night, um, um, the week the weekend prior, it was actually uh the Sunday after after we were the Saturday after we recorded because we recorded on Friday last week. Um, the uh. The uh, other engagement we had ended up falling through. So we ended up, um, Crystal and Marley and I ended up playing, um, uh, going back to the division and playing survival mode because my wife fucking loves survival mode. (laughs) Yeah, I've played the division with Um, you and your wife a couple times. And, uh, so there wasn't a uh, um, a whole lot of separation between all of us because basically I've got Xbox One S in our bedroom. That's mine. Xbox One S in the living room, and then my my original Xbox One, the Call of Duty Edition one, uh, is in um, the girls' room. So. Um, so there wasn't a whole lot of separation between us 
I was actually um, playing, I was actually remote playing my Xbox in the living room over my PC. So there was screen there and then Crystal's playing in the living room and yada yada. Wait, so the, you have two Xboxes though, right? I have three. That's a lot of Xboxes. So what, the kids have one or what? Yeah, my my original Xbox One um, that I bought the, what was that, year two when uh, Call of Duty Advanced Warfare came out. Yeah. Um, because that was the first one terabyte version. <laughs> and I, I scooped I, that up. I think I remember that. Um, that's uh, that's in with the girls because the that's the one that um, the, our youngest uh, he kind of uh, ruined the disk drive. Um, doing what? The first or second year they were living with us. I think it was first year they were with us because he tried to put a disc in while it already had a disc in. Oh, and he's just a little kid, so he didn't understand what was he going on. He didn't understand what was going on, so um, that kind of broke one of the drive gears so the drive doesn't engage. Like, the disc will go, the disc will go in, but it won't, like, lock down and engage. So, so the disc drive's basically useless. But you got Game Pass, but so you could just I've download I've got Game Pass, and I, I mean, most of my game library for Xbox One was digital. It wasn't. Gotcha. It wasn't hard medium, so. And then it's on a, like, the way that works is it's on a family plan, so to speak, so you can just download whatever you want to any of the consoles, well, right? No, what it is is basically I have that one set up as my home Xbox. Right. So any other user profile that logs in on that Xbox can play whatever's in my digital library, including Game Pass. And then if I log in on my Xbox, which is in our bedroom, of course, while I'm logged in, it doesn't matter. I can play whatever I've got on that one, too. And it works simultaneously. So all three um, of you can play to the one copy then, of the division, basically. And then basically, we just had to buy buy one more copy of the division for the for the one in the living room, which at this point is pretty cheap. Game. Which, I mean, when we bought when we bought the third Xbox, we basically bought it year and a half or two years ago. Um, I mean, at that point, the the original division was. I think we bought it for like fifteen dollars, and then we bought the expansion pass for, for like another ten dollars or something. Right. You know, it was fairly cheap. Um, the uh, uh, the only uh, uh, bummer is having to buy two uh, two live subscriptions, but. Yeah, now instead of sharing just the one. Gotcha. But probably worth it, honestly. And then like we've been It I is know. and then basically what we do for Crystals because she doesn't always play 
uh, not nearly as much as she and I used to. So whenever she does get the hankering to actually sit down and play and she wants to multiplay, we just buy one month of gold on her account. Right. And that's like what? Eight dollars or something. That's, yeah. And that's it. You know, we don't have to buy a yearly subscription for hers because she plays now maybe three or four times a year. Well, that's not as far as online. Well, that's not really enough to justify a yearly subscription for. Yeah, I, I get that. Yeah. So I know speaking of stuff, things and stuff, um, I'm a little bit upset because it is on Game Pass now, but I picked up, well, I picked up Starmancer, um, which Ooh. happened to be on Game Pass. Um, and what it is, it's kind of like uh, RimWorld meets FTL in space. It's a colony management sim. Um, it's not ready yet. I'm just going to say that. I figured. Um, it's in early access. There's two people. It's game preview on Game Pass, but also I think I spent $17 on Steam. But it's uh, what it is, is it's you build a spaceship, right? And then the spaceship is kind of like your base. Well, it is your base. And then from your spaceship, what you do is you mine asteroids and complete little quests um, to try to advance further in the game. And then you've got a crew of colonists that you grow in a cloning chamber um and then you've got to manage their needs while you're managing your food and your water and everything else i've left a lot of feedback and i there's a lot of potential this game there's some things that it does pretty well actually because i'm going to compare it to another game that i've actually had quite a bit of fun with um what it gets right is having the reason to get from system to system and get to the next thing um the thing it doesn't get right is it doesn't understand how to manage your colonist needs. So I was playing and talking to Rusty the other night and I have, you know, you can grow three colonists right off the bat. Well, they fought and killed each other 38 times. So I have like a day since last accident, little counter on the top. And I had 38 deaths inside of a couple of hours um, because I couldn't keep anybody alive because they always fought and killed each other. And then they would get into this, spiraling state of despair so their mood would go down they see the corpse their mood would go down they see the blood their mood would go down they see the shit so like by they call it bio waste but it's basically when your colonists take a dump um and you have to store that somewhere so i'm storing it in my storage and so every time they go back in the storage they see poop they get upset and then they get in a bad mood and then they fight with somebody and then they kill them and then i've got to so. wait for them to take the corpse which also lowers the mood to regrow them, and I get to the point where I'd have to re-roll the colonists to get to the same fail state like 10 minutes later um, in the exact same spot over and over and over again. And I finally, at a certain point, was like, okay, so I'm going to write a boatload of feedback, and I'm going to hope that they get it right, because I see a game here that I want to play that has some key things that are wrong. And I really do... I like management simulators. I've been playing a lot of RimWorld um, ideology lately. I've got playing it last night after having a lot of failed yeah. states. I'm talking to Rusty, and it's like, yeah, RimWorld gets, gets the prioritization thing right. So you can prioritize tasks, but it's not like a number value. What RimWorld does is you've got a flow chart for every mm -hmm. person, and it's got a number, one through four. And it goes left to right in the order of tasks they do, and then 
also based on priority. So if the thing on the far left is a three and the thing in the middle is a one, it's going to go and do the thing at a one and then go back to the thing that's a three after the task at priority one is complete. And you can get to a point where you get them pretty well tuned to doing whatever you want because you understand what you got. And there's a whole thing where you can get get your colony like I'm in a really good spot with my colonies. You've been telling Rusty this last night until I got raided like crazy. Um, where I don't have a lot of issue keeping my people alive. Like there are disasters and things like that that cause issues that I'm able to recover from. But I don't usually get into a spot where I've got a spiraling death state where everybody's killing each other all the time. And it doesn't happen 20 minutes into the game. Right? Like it, they have a buff that's called extremely low expectations they give you for the first season i think is what it is what that does is it means that you don't get any mood debuffs to where they won't work or fight or whatever or do any manual commands because they're at a really (laughs) they have low expectations so they don't have they don't have to have a great bedroom they don't have they can sleep on the floor they can uh you know they can eat fucking nutrient paste like it they can get into a spot where they don't have to have the things that they want in order for them to be effective and it gives you time to get your base in a spot where they can be comfortable this doesn't seem like it has that and i think that's a big thing that it needs to implement the other thing it really needs to implement is it needs to implement um a better priority system like that's a huge thing with this is it felt disjointed on what my guys were doing and when they were doing it and I didn't have a good idea as to what was going on and who was prioritized to do what. And I didn't understand, even after really reading the logs, like what was pissing them off to cause the fail state. And I didn't know what to do with my bio waste to keep them from seeing it. You know, like there's just all these little bitty things that were causing it to be kind of a pain in the ass. But it looks really cool. Um, just doesn't play very good right now. Yeah. I, that That kind of mirrors the 10 minutes worth of gameplay that i watched it looked like the ai was a little janky (laughs) like it looked like there was a good bit of jank and and that just confirmed it i didn't know if that was just the uh the youtuber not (laughs) not being good at games like ftl and rim world or yeah if it was just janky it really mirrors a game that is very much superb at this point called Space Haven. Oh, okay. That's been in early access for about a year and a half. So again, it's got a year and a half's worth of development. When I first played it, um, didn't have a lot to it. It had the basics, but didn't really have a lot going on. Um, what it's done recently is it's added objectives to the game. It's made the systems work a little bit better. It's set up um, pirates and traders in the game, which was something that wasn't there before. And when I say it mirrors it, it mirrors it really closely to the point of like you build your hole and then that's your space. That's your spaceship that you're building. And then you start to uh, like the art design is fairly similar though. The Starmancer arts a little bit better, honestly. Um, Space Haven is a lot more pixel art, but it's done very well. Yeah, it looks good. Um, the in a, in space or Starmancer, you're able to rotate completely 360, whereas this is completely isometric. But Space Haven systems work really well. 
Your crew management works really well. I'm still not real. I don't have a real solid understanding on the food, but I know that my guys are surviving off nutrient paste. And I haven't figured out how growing works real well yet. Um, but I've got grow stations in my space space. Um, I've been able to figure out my way around pirates. I'm working my way through research. That's another thing. So Starmancer, you're going to research something in about two or three minutes. Um, if that, like on max speed, it just zips along. You got to queue up like two or three things before. And then the, the tech tree is not that large. Uh, Space Haven's tech tree is like, like sieve or something like the tech tree is just gigantic. So yeah. there's, there's 150 things to research. So you could have a dedicated researcher researching all the time. And without a very long game, you're not going to get everything. And that felt like there was a real need to research. I always needed to be researching. Whereas with Stormancer, the timer on it's so fast that you it feels like a side task. Oh, I need to unlock this. Let me go put this guy on the station for two minutes while I do other things. And then I'll, I'll be good. Right? So... I mean, there's some other things, right? Like, my guys were fighting all the time, so maybe I needed to set them on shifts. Like, that was another idea I had. I'll put them on shifts, and I'll always have them, everybody's asleep um, at the time that someone else is working, and so they don't fight and kill each other all the time. And maybe I'll do it that way. Um, <laughs> so they'll always be sleeping. But, um, again, Space Haven also lets you set shifts as well. But Space Haven does this really cool thing where so you warp into an area and you've got to deconstruct derelict space stations and then you've got to mine the area around it and then you've got to produce resources on your ship. And then you've got to keep these resources going because your power is being run by a resource, your sublight drive is being run by a resource, and your warp drive is being run by a resource, right? On top of having food and water needs and all that other stuff. So it's very much a survival game of managing those meters. But the penalties you have for ugliness and things like that are not nearly as severe, at least not in the state that I am with the game right now at about four hours into another space haven game. Um, and I'm having fun. I'm like I'm working my way towards getting weapons. So at the, right now what I got to do is every time I run into any kind of like pirate situation, I have to surrender. I don't know why she's barking. Um, I don't know either. Probably barking at her reflection. Um, I either got to surrender or I got to negotiate a ceasefire, which means that I've got to pay the pirates off. Otherwise, they'll blow my base up. And I tried several things like, I'm just going to board their ship and fire on them. And that ended pretty tragically because uh, they destroyed the fuck out of my ship. And then I just had my guys in the boarding party. Figures. This is ridiculous. Um, <laughs> She's seeing her reflection in the side of the computer case. She is. If you hear woofs, I apologize. She will get... I think she's done. She uh, has trouble with reflections and VR. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, and character creation screens. Let's not forget that. That's correct. She's not a big fan of character creation. Um. So anyways, yeah. So in general, if you're looking to scratch that itch, I think Space Haven's where it's at. And I've had a lot of fun with it. Looking forward to trying it out on the tablet to see how it plays as well. Um, but space haven in general is, is pretty slick. Um, couldn't have asked for something better in that genre. And it, it's a faster game than RimWorld. It plays a lot like RimWorld, right? You got the prioritization screen and things like that. You can, yep. but it's, 
everything happens a lot faster. Everything happens a lot faster. And so I think it's more instantly gratifying than RimWorld, whereas RimWorld is a lot more deep and a lot more of a game where you can kind of kick back, listen to a podcast, watch a movie for a little bit, unless you have it on the harder settings where you're always dealing with something. So if you're looking for that in a more of a sci-fi setting than even RimWorld is, then I would say that's it. Though, been long playing RimWorld and I've got... With the ideology update, you've got all sorts of like superpowers that you can unlock. <laughs> so I've got all these psychics in my group that are uh, can stun people or um, I'm trying to remember some of the other psychic powers I have. But I've got one guy that can heal you psychically. Um, so he has he he can preach healing, and then your guy can be healed. Um, it's just different and then ideology makes you focus on a central theme so my guys are underground living dudes um who have to eat mushrooms who are very good at tunneling so they're only happy if they're living in a cave and they're only happy if they're eating mushrooms and i have to grow mushrooms in spots in the cave which is kind of crazy um but having those rule sets makes it a little bit more interesting with the colony that i'm creating but uh rimworld Pretty worth it, obviously. Um, Ideology, I think, is a great update. Um, Royalty is also a great update, too, uh, if you haven't played that as well. They never go on sale. RimWorld's a very expensive, like, that kind of game, because the base game's like 30 bucks, and the expansions are both 20 bucks each. Um, I have over 200 hours in RimWorld right now. I know that's not nothing to a hardcore RimWorld player, but that's... I've gotten 200 hours out of the price of a modern game, essentially. Um, Rimworld's amazing. Um, did you have... I've got a couple other things, but before I dive in, is there anything that you've been playing recently, Jason? Well, I uh, have been uh, making full use of of my newly renewed uh, Game Pass member, Ultimate membership, and uh played quite a bit of doom eternal um oh okay that's a good choice uh just while kids had activities in the evenings and i was able to be at home alone a couple nights this week um because that's about the only way i'm playing that game even on a even on a screen in my lap i dare not i get it. load that one i mean it's hyper violent yeah um i mean your oldest kid's like 12 right yeah and i'd be okay with her seeing it it's more (laughs) your six-year-old the six-year-old because he likes to get nosy um and then i've been uh playing a lot of a lot a good amount of mech warrior five which which i discovered i could successfully mod Okay, so you can mod it through Game Pass? You can. And <clears throat> actually more modding, modding that through Game Pass um, gave me the doorway to be able to mod some other games, though I have discovered through research some games just don't really mod well through Game Pass. It's extremely hard, and then even when you do get to work, it can be janky. Uh, like with Wasteland 3, uh, Final Fantasy 10. Yeah, I, I haven't tried modding Wasteland. Um, 
Well, I was just going to load some different portraits, whatnot, but yeah, whatever. I think that's probably the only thing I modded on the last one. Um, but uh, uh, Mech Warrior Five uh, definitely needs mods, <laughs> especially for uh, uh, for just things like there. There's some uh, some zoom. Uh, some some salvage mods, uh, some AI mods that make that game much more playable. I haven't tried. What um, AI mod are you using? Crap, I forget. Let me get back in Nexus real quick. I've been. Um, I mean, I've got a really long campaign I'm playing. So, Heroes of the Inner Sphere is the roguelike version of that. It's not tied to the story, and honestly, the game kind of plays like a roguelike. I mean, yet gives you a central thing to follow yeah heroes of the inner sphere address a lot of the issues that modders were addressing with mods um i've not paid for that expansion so and i'm probably not going to um just for funds reasons but the uh um but definitely even even with heroes of the inner sphere i think i would still use um uh there's use, some use uh um use uh like the aim mods um and there was also uh a mod for heat sinks that i downloaded that made the heat sinks um percentages uh similar to HBS Battletech, gotcha. which is closer to the tabletop. <laughs> um, it takes a lot of heat sinks in Mech Warrior Five to get yourself pretty cold. Yeah, um, like, and, and those adjustments they're they're not hugely different, but like that adjustment may make the difference. But between being able to put a uh, uh, a medium laser or two along with the PPCs on your, uh, on your, um, Highlander or awesome. Have you already gotten that Instead. far where you've got Highlanders and. Yeah. So I take it. You've played a decent amount of that. I've played a decent amount. It's not bad. Is it? It's not bad at all. And the story's shit, but well, the, yeah, the moment but... to moment gameplay of that is the loop is fun. So there's only one reason the story is shit. Well, it's acted by a really shitty actor. Yes. Um, and the guy. Otherwise, I mean, it's a basic battle tech story. You're not. You don't go into battle tech expecting a. Or at least you better not go into battle tech expecting a huge chunk of story out of a fairly generic customizable mercenary group. <laughs> yeah, but the you know, it's not like you're playing it's not like you're playing the the Kelhounds or the Yeah, Wolf but Stragoons. like the Hairbank brain schemes though. I mean, they've got a pretty decent staff for writing RPG yeah. stuff. It, but if, that was if you played the Shadowrun games, those were done very well. Yeah, but that's also that's also a little bit different in in the way the um, 
just in the general target of the games. You know, Mech Warrior, the Mech Warrior series of games, it's a mech simulator. So you're meant to be a single pilot versus I feel like having the RPG tabletop setting really lends itself to a deeper storytelling. The only thing I wish the, I actually think the harebrained schemes game is the superior game of the two. Yeah. They're kind of apples and oranges, but I do. I enjoy that game better. Yeah. But I will say this, there is, there is one key difference between the two where MechWarrior 5 truly has an edge. And that is Piranha did not lose all of their uh, voice act, more than half of their voice acting <laughs> for the game. Um, everything that you feel like when you're playing Battletech um you you start to realize that harebrain scheme harebrain schemes and they they never out out came out and said it but apparently there was some sort of accident during the development that caused them to lose the majority of their voice acting oh, for the sucks. game um uh some sort of fire or equipment failure or something um at least that's what the rumors are. Hairbrain schemes never has never outright said anything about it, but you can tell as you're playing through it, there are sections of that game where you 100% notice that they're really most likely intended to be voice lines along with the text, but there's no voice. Um, Whereas MechWarrior 5, I mean, everything's voiced. Well, the thing about MechWarrior 5, though, that I do like is it's fun just about every single time. Yes. Um, yeah. It, and the map the map generation is done pretty well. Yes. Um, and the, the AI is janky. The, the vanilla AI is really janky. Yeah, the... The control placement for controlling your allies is a little bit rough, and I don't know a good way to do it. And it's kind of rough to try to, like, hit keys one through five, so I end up binding everything to mouse buttons. So I usually go with four weapon groups max. That That's the other thing is the because of the way that they have the weapon heat generation tune and the values for heat sinks tune and that's why i added a heat sink mod is you end up having to basically key weapons through at least one through three if not one through four weapons groups well so here's and that makes that difficult to control yeah so what i do is i use my mouse keys for one through four so mouse button one and two and then that mouse buttons three and four and what I do is I, so I ended for, up doing the same thing for my missiles. I set chain fire groups on my missiles so I don't overheat. I do, and then I've got an Alfred. So if I have a missile mech, let's say it's an LRM mech with a couple of with a PPC or something, right? It's PPC on one because it just makes sense for me to shoot with the left mouse button, and then two is my chain fire LRM button. 
And then mouse button three is my alpha strike alarm button. And it makes for a better experience to manage my heat that way because I'm just kind of firing, lock on, fire again, mm-hmm. lock on, fire again, you know. And then it makes it to where I I can almost fire about once every two seconds mm-hmm. with LRMs doing it in chain fire mode. Now, see, what I or do. SRMs, right? Let's just say, let's flip this around. Let's go with a stalker LR- SRM build. So a stalker SRM build has got like two large lasers, probably four medium lasers, and then like six SRM fours and sixes. So that one, because I want to just move and shoot, my two key may be all SRM chain fire, and it just cycles through each weapon group. And then my three key, or my my three key will be my alpha strike SRM shot, but I better have almost no heat when I do that, because when you fire off 24 yeah, you're SRMs, gonna, you're going to bake. And like, I ought nearly <laughs> bake it. And so the crazy thing is I manage my heat, but I don't know if you know this, but you can put an override heat mode and just cook your internal components. And I'll do that if I know that I'm on the edge of overheating so that I don't do an emergency shutdown when I hit that alpha strike. And it's yeah. like, I'll take the internal damage just to one shot this mech. I basically ended up doing the same thing. So on, on the awesome that I have, um, I forget the variant code, but it's the one that can actually mount up to five PPCs. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to alpha strike all your PPCs. There, there, is, there is no missile pod on this, okay? Um, you, you, you have room for lasers only, which is great because it means you don't have to carry any ammo. So load yeah. that fucker up with heat sinks. But, but if you're doing that, you could put your one key to be chain fire and then just continuously shoot PPCs. That that's just it. I have my one key for chain fire, and then I have and then I have mouse buttons two through four set up as different groups of PPCs and medium lasers for different things. So like my four is basically all my medium lasers. For taking out um, aircraft, aircraft. Yeah, I got you. You know, stuff like that. Um, so there are definitely ways you you can your your own self tune that game. I wonder if the um, modders have done any of the heroes of the inner sphere stuff, like the chem lasers or any of that other stuff. Yes, because the chem lasers. But so- you have to have heroes of the storm in order to utilize any of it. No, oh. so, so here. Or Heroes of the Intersphere. Yeah. He, yeah. Heroes of the Storms of the Blizzard. Wow. Game. Exactly. But, um, but yeah, so the chem laser, I found a lot of uses for chem lasers. They do less damage, but generate less heat. And so, like, a Black Knight, right? Um, I have a Black Knight loaded up with, like, six large chem lasers. Um, Why would you ever do that? Well, because it's Alpha Strike, six large chem lasers. I get that, but then you have carry ammo. Might as well just do. It takes four ER large pulse lasers. Yeah, but I can alpha strike these four times before I overheat. Oh, okay. That's why that okay. that makes it's it generates like one quarter of the heat that they gotcha. do. It, it may be half. I don't know, but it's so much less that it's a huge difference because you can alpha strike a lot, and then it's four tons of ammo instead of putting it in. It take like eight or twelve heat sinks to get the same effect. So, gotcha. four, six large lasers will do double the damage, but I can only alpha strike them twice. 
before I'm baking. And this, it's like four times before I'm baking. And then if I miss, I've got three more shots to make sure I hit. So, and the, the, the key to that game is point damage. So versus with Battletech, right, like you can get away with like just eating something alive with LRMs. Yeah. Um, when you get pretty good at headshots and leg shots, though, like lasers and PPCs and AC-20s are kind of where it's at. And then Gauss cannons are amazing. Gauss rifles are amazing. Yeah, like having a... Though you have to be on point with your aim. Because it is very easy to miss with a Gauss rifle. Yeah, but you can leg stuff really quickly with oh, those. Oh, yeah. And then, or backstab. So I've got a... Shit, I one I've shot. Got a, I've got a dragon with a Gauss rifle. And so the dragon base speed is like 96. Yeah. So I can get run around behind stuff and backstab stuff with just a couple of shots. So I side shot a Jenner. With a gas rifle, and took out both legs with one shot. Is it? It does have armor penetration, doesn't it? Yes. I didn't think about that. That's badass. Um, so you could so, shoot it in like the left arm, and then shoot through to mm-hmm. the chassis. But probably the craziest build I have right now. So the the same mission that I was able to salvage the awesome out of off of uh, the store on that planet. Had a king crab. And it's a... You've put a decent amount of time in this if you're already at that part of the game. And it's an LRM king crab. So Rusty had a a lot of issues with getting past the early game. So I've got my own pointers. What did you do to get past the early game so you could have decent mechs? Did you play a lot of like shorter missions and buy mechs? Or did you go all salvage and just salvage and limp your way through four or five missions until you got enough to get no. you something. I actually went like no salvage. I took all the monies. Once you get good rep, that's better to take the salvage cuz it sells for a lot. That's true, but for the first um uh you know those those first couple missions it basically forces you to salvage, right? Uh, right. As far as when you're playing the campaign. Um, but then after those first couple missions, when you leave that initial planet, basically the first six missions after that, I just took all the money and I used every negotiating point I had for more money. So what did you just just took all the monies? Did you just upgrade the shit out of your starting crew or basically? And then. Um, uh, all of that monies allow me not only to upgrade my starter crew, but also let me buy a Highlander fairly early. Oh, that makes a big difference. Yes. That if makes you, a huge difference. If you're ever interested. So then I ended up running basically a Highlander, a Centaurian, and a Stalker. That's a, so you'd run pretty. three mechs instead of four and then just. Because they were so much more powerful than what you're running into, you just annihilate everything. Pretty much. I mean, I I still had difficulty because I'm I'm only running three mechs, so it was it was really easy if I wasn't careful. There were a couple mi- couple of missions I had to restart because I got myself in a bind. Well, what I rec- but, one thing I would recommend is kitting out a fire starter early game. 
with small lasers and a couple of me- so you get it with two mediums to take down aircraft and then everything else small lasers and heat sinks and you take off the jump jets i know that sounds crazy but it allows you to armor that up like a medium mech and then you've got as long as you can get close you've got a so real, a lot of damage just my- like eight small lasers and i know so the damage values are different than the than the BattleTech game right but for comparison, AC-20 does like 20-ish damage, right? Small laser does like three damage. But if you've got eight of them and you're aiming in the same spot, you've now got 24 damage. So if you can backstab with your fire starter, because you can alpha strike like a motherfucker with it with small lasers, you can tear shit up with a fucking fire starter. Like to the point where it's like hunchback. Well, the hunchback ain't going to catch me, so I'm going to flank him, get behind him, and then just core the fuck out of him or headshot him from behind. Like, it's insane how much damage a fucking fire starter does early game. Yeah. I actually took that um um that initial um light mech, I forget for House Steiner who It's a Centurion they give you for so they give you a Centurion, they give you a Javelin. 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 I I was thinking there, there's there's an S room version. I trying to say Jenner. So I took that the one of the first things I did as far as like buying weapons is that Jenner that they give you as the starter along with the Centurion. You mean the Javelin or Javelin? Sorry, I keep wanting to say Jenner because I like it more. Um, <laughs> yeah, it runs too hot though. It it runs really hot. True to uh, BattleTech lore, but yep. It runs too hot in both games. But you know what? You put an AC-5 on and a SRM on that fucker and just run at people and run away. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like your early game dragon. Yeah. But that that javelin, um, I basically turned it into a light fire starter. You could. You could really early. There's an SRM version um, of the javelin that's... Definitely not bad because and, you can backstab with it. And I ended up putting that initial second pilot that you get from the from the campaign in the Centurion. And I was just running that javelin up close to people, flamering them, <laughs> and then running away while hitting them with us with the SRM pod. <laughs> I mean, that's not a bad tactic. You'll notice there's a little bit of, like, auto-aim or something that happens as your guy gets better at aiming. Yes. Um, And you just have to use a certain weapon type a lot for him to get better, because the skills are based on, what, energy, ballistic, and missile. Yep. And then as you use those different weapon groups, he gets better at those types of shots. Now, I will say I was... I'm rather proud of myself. I was a whole lot more accurate with that game than I thought I was initially going to be. It takes some getting um, used to running and gunning with it. So I ended up, uh, and mostly because of that SRM pod on that on that javelin. Um, so I that all ended up leveling up fairly quickly for me. So I had. I didn't run into much issues. That's probably a lot of it, too, is I really didn't run into many issues getting used to that game. The hardest thing to get used to was the jump jets. Yeah, I the jump jets are really just for backstabbing and getting over walls early game. 
yeah. in, in my head, that's what I use it for. Um, but there's a lot of times that uh, I pull jump jets off. But if you, but if you get good in the light and medium mix with aiming while you're jumping, it's great. No, I guess you could try for headshots. Well, no, it makes VTOLs shit ton easier because you just jump right at them, and then instead of instead of uh, your SRMs or your LRMs or your or your lasers, instead of aiming up at them or trying to as you're running, oh, you're just aiming straight at them. You're just aiming straight at them because the light and medium X will pretty much jump to VTOL height. I, that is an interesting strategy that I've never tried. It works great. Well, if you're ever bored one day, I may jump in a campaign mission with you. I, I've, I've had a lot of fun with that game. It's a, uh, again, it's a little bit, gen- it's a little bit on the generic side. It's just the central core. The game loop of it is very good. Yeah. Um. The the gameplay is fun, and that's yeah. The gameplay is fun. Uh, Everything else is meh. Yeah, it's just it's just kind of generic. Like I'd like to have more paint jobs. I'd like to have more interesting characters. Um, but Piranha is kind of a B tier gaming company. Yeah. So they yeah. focused on the gameplay, and that's where the focus now be. Now, do not turn on RTX in that game. It is so poorly optimized. Um, oh, I didn't even try. It's, I mean. The graphics aren't even good enough to justify it. I mean, the the game looks good. I'm not saying it looks horrible. But it's not like Cyberpunk. But the textures in that game don't call for RTX. Period. Yeah. RTX uh, drops your frame rate by about 80%. (laughs) Yeah, no. I I can run it at 1080p at about 50 FPS. To be honest, I've not even been playing that on high settings. I've been playing it at medium for the higher fps to make aiming easier and it's a fast-paced game Uh, and it's a fast-paced game so i mean um now on the flip side of that doom eternal i was actually quite surprised well that game's optimized like crazy i've been playing that on ultra nightmare with rtx on Oh, yeah, they added in RTX recently. I forgot about that. Yep. And that is fucking great. Now, granted, I'm not playing it at 4K because when I was playing it, I was playing it on that little 1080p um, lap monitor that I've got, but still running at Ultra Nightmare. <laughs> so, real quick before we hit break, I've got a couple of real quick games to just talk about for just a second. So, um, a game I just started, I've got 1.6 hours in it, I was playing it actually while we were talking about organizing tonight's show, is a game in early access called Draft of Darkness, and what Draft of Darkness is, is it's a car, a deck builder roguelike, based in a horror-based world, um, with like, I'd call it super 8-bit graphics, if that makes sense, on an isometric plane. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. It's... For what it is, it looks fine. Um, but what it does is you... I mean... You, it's a survival It's a survival RPG roguelike. 
So what I mean by that is you have limited supplies, and you've got to scavenge for supplies through these maps. And then at the end of the map, based on how well you did, you get so many, so much money to unlock booster packs, and the booster packs give you more cards to throw in your arsenal for your characters. And then based on the interactions you have in the map, you unlock different parts of the story. It is, so far, really well-tuned. Um, really well done. The monster design's pretty cool. I'm fighting all sorts of stuff. I mean, you've got the classic giant spider. You've got um, but these Terminator, like T-1000-type enemies, which is kind of a weird spin. Um, I've got these uh, weird, like, mutated rats I'm fighting. Um, and everything is in the dark, so like I can only see so far. And as you move, the enemy moves. So every space I move, they move a space. So you can stop moving and everything else stops. It only moves when you move. So it's turn-based, but not quite. Um, and then when you get into a battle, it's like a Slay the Spire where... I don't, did you play Slay the Spire? Yes. Okay, so plays out kind of the same way, right? You drag the card over to the thing you want it to attack, and animation ensues, although the animations are pretty decent. So, like, when I'm shooting my pistol, um, my guy is shooting my pistol. It's not just saying bang or something like that. Yeah. Um, but I also have limited ammo, so I've got a scavenge for ammo, and I've got conservation mode, which means I can pistol whip versus using my gun. Um, I've that got... That would make Slay the Spire really hard. <laughs> yeah. So, like, for my pistol, right, I've got ammo that I'm scavenging, and I've only got so many shots. So, like, when I first started out, I want to say I had 20 bullets. Yeah. And one encounter took me 10 bullets, so I should have been using the weaker version mixed in of that. And then I unlocked another character that has a knife, and that's what she starts with. But then she also has a hypodermic needle, which gives her different chemical-based attacks. So she can buff, and you can equip two items in each hand and swap. Yeah. So she with the needle, the cards that come up that need the needle will be things like heal, or I've got one that's like, basically like I can stab everybody on the opposing team for one point of damage for three bleed. So it's like a weird AOE damage. Or I can poison them. Or I can heal my team. Or I can slow the other team, right? I can hit them with an anesthetic. Um, but then our stab attacks all have different variations of bleed on it. So she's kind of like a slow buildup character for damage. Then you've got items that heal gotcha. you. So she's not straight. DPS. No, but she survives really long. So I had a run with her for an hour and a run with the other guy for about 30 minutes. But I unlock stuff. I unlock booster packs for the other guy because I can spend my booster packs wherever I want. So I unlocked her when I got to a certain point after the first level. I found a note, and then the note kind of told me her backstory, and then she appeared as one of my playable characters. Oh, nice. Um... And so, like, the, the core game loop, though, is play as far as you can, fight a boss monster at the end of every level, um, and then you get money to spend on booster packs to mix into your starter deck. And when you start your starter deck, you can only do 10 cards, and then you build that as you go. And then at the end of every level, you rest, and you've got so many resting resources that I can use that to heal or rearrange my deck. But I'm not getting enough of those resources to really do much with rearranging my deck, so I'm just tossing everything in my fucking deck. So I've got gotcha. really big decks by the end. But every time I win a fight, I can boost my base core stats. Or I can base... Or I can... Uh, and I'll get rewards like different loot um, or different cards. So, um, 
it's a pretty fun game. Draft of Darkness. It is turn-based. It is perfect for lunch break. Perfect for break, break at work, right? Um, it is only available on Steam. It's an early access, but the core loop, it feels very finished. Um, I don't know if maybe the end game's missing or something at this point, or there's more features they're adding, but it's a very good game. So I've been highly impressed. It's the best $10 I've spent, like, all fucking summer, honestly. Um, the other quick game I was just going to mention, I got back into VR a little bit today, and I pushed myself a little bit further in Half-Life Alex and found that I'm not nearly as apprehensive as I thought I was. I finally got the flashlight. Finally fought my way through the dark and through crazy head crabs um, to get to where I'm fighting the combine now. Um, the only thing with playing that for very long is I get tired of standing for a very long time. And I've been trying to pl- figure out a good way of playing sitting, but I always am too short uh, in the game. And I don't know how to adjust the height settings in the game to make me standing even though I'm sitting down. So once I figured that out... Um, I will uh, probably sit and play it because I could sit and play that for quite a while. But standing and playing VR for more than an hour and a half, two hours is a long time to be standing up. Yeah. When you don't stand up for your job. Tis true. Tis true. But then again, that's a lot of the reason why with after seeing how well the Quest 2 works, why I really want one. (laughs) Yeah. You ever find one on sale like. That's the yeah. best bang for your buck. Well, that's kind of what I'm hoping is that this holiday season, with the way that it's been selling this year, that hopefully it goes on sale. Yeah, and they're working on the Quest 3 right now, so the Quest 2 should be available. And I, the Quest 2, I'm going to probably keep for two or three years before I upgraded it. It's working extremely well. I'm not having a lot of issue with it. And the fact that it stays charged for as long... I know the battery life doesn't say it's that long. But when you've got it plugged into the PC, like it slows that down considerably. I mean, it still drains your battery, but at a much reduced rate. I played for two hours today, and I think I'm still at like 85%. Yeah. So, obviously yeah. something's going on there. But I think we ought to take a break. Um, uh, before we do real quick, I, I just want to say, the other thing I did this week was I finally installed... Um, just because I wanted to see the difference. Finally installed um, Jedi Fallen Order oh, on, on PC. my PC. Damn. Pretty striking difference between that and console. I thought it ran well on the console. Better than what Rusty was giving it a chance for. But, I mean, his Xbox One did die. Granted, that was like a second generation Xbox One, but... Uh, the Xbox One S, uh, I mean, it ran well, but man, the fact of very little load times, and I gotta say, running at 4 full K instead of an up-rest 4K. Yeah, I'm sure it looks damn, sharper. that's a lot of difference. Yeah, I'm sure it looks a hell of a lot sharper. Yeah, a hell of a lot sharper. Not to mention it's the best Star Wars game to come out in a very long time. And, you know, those weird little um, area loading glitches that we ran into sometimes. Yeah. Those aren't there. Oh, that's good. Yeah. So it's nice. It's nice. It's worth the download to play again. Well, and... I know you didn't know this at the time, but um, it is also on Game Pass through EA Play. 
Yeah, well, at the time, I didn't know I was going to be getting Game Pass back as early as I did. And I spent $15 on it for a game I really like. I mean, yeah, it's that's not bad. Because I bought on the Steam sale, so. Well, let's take a quick break, and then we'll come back. All right. We'll be back. Jason, uh, with all this MechWarrior talk, I had to show off my MechWarrior stuff. He did. And we uh, even tested a build while we were... This is... I don't know why. It's like neither... I don't know that... You didn't play the tabletop either, did you? Yes. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, but I've had a... We've both had a working interest in Mech... I've played the MechWarrior games my whole life. Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. MechWarrior 2 was one of the first PC games I played. And one of the first strategy games I played was Mech Warrior Mercenaries, I think it was called, which I still have the PC ROM for. Um, well, Mech Warrior Two was Mercenaries. Whatever one was the turn-based one. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, that was separate. Yeah, okay. So that was that, and then the first one I used a Voodoo graphics card with was, I think, Mech Warrior Two. But so we were testing out my archer build and I had this weird brawler build and Jason's like, why don't you just change it to all LRMs? And so I did and we turned it into an LRM 50, uh, which turned out to not be that bad. No, I Um, mean. And I had the heat management for it. So that thing just fucking alpha strike from for days. Yeah. So to to put it to put it this way, the archer is basically just a is just another catapult just instead of pods it has arms so if you're thinking you're going to load it up with a couple of lrms put srms in the rest of the slots and a couple of lasers it just and hope you survive it doesn't brawl that well it's got bad armor that's the yeah, problem but it, it's got a lot of weapon slots it, it's got paper for armor so <laughs> loading it up with a bunch of lrms and just peppering shit from distance and having a couple of smaller medium lasers for when shit gets hairily close so you can kind of poke at it while you run away is yeah. kind of the strategy which actually worked quite well i went into that war zone and then i wiped out what three battle masters in the matter of like a minute apiece maybe yes um because they're being hit by 200 missiles at a pop <laughs> Um, I mean, your alpha strike was fucking ridiculous. Just all the all the fire effects. I mean, the it's all- just like it's just like fire spit. Yes, I mean the only thing more ridiculous, it but it doesn't look ridiculous on the screen is my king crab just because I've got like four LRM twenties on it. That's a lot of LRM, <laughs> and I like the LRM streams because they do better point damage than the other ones the regular lrm is like a sh- long-range shotgun yeah whereas the lrm streams a little bit more accurate and does more point damage yeah. the stream or or the uh streak has less guidance but it hits harder well the stream has better guidance but i think the streak hits harder yeah 
Either way, we had some fun with that. Ran a mission that didn't take me nearly that long at all. <laughs> no, because <laughs> between him and the uh, Jaeger mech yeah, the Jaeger. that he had. So, well, the other mechs were all point point damage. I had a... Yeah. My pilot had a Highlander with an AC-20. No, that was the Highlander with the Gauss. Yeah. And then the other one was the Jaeger mech with uh, AC-10s. Yeah. And so, so I softened targets. They blew them up. As yeah, by the time by the time they got in distant in distance or in in line to shoot something, Justin had already worn away enough of its armor that they basically one or two shot crap. Oh yeah, like the javelin. It's like maybe an alpha strike and a shot from them, and they were done. Yeah. So, anyways, yeah, my Courier Five is not. It's an amazing gameplay game, but it's it's a it's the best B game, one of the best B games out there right now in Game Pass. Yeah. It has issues, but purely for gameplay, it's still worth picking up. Yeah, for the price of Game Pass, it's perfect, and it sounds like you've got it running and modding on Game Pass, which is pretty great. Yep. Um, we wanted to talk a little bit about some news though, um, as we kind of wrap uh, the show up. Absolutely. Uh, first thing I want to. Uh, Look at was we've learned a little bit more about the Steam Deck in the last week. That's what have you what have you picked up? So the uh, the Steam Deck, of course, right now they're they're still in in active development, you know, fine tuning stuff. So some of this may change. Um, well, I mean, they've been saying it'll play anything on Steam. Yeah, which is kind of crazy. Pretty much, and. And it really will. I think there's still some, there's probably still some op- optimization stuff they'll have to work on with some developers. Um, cause a couple of, uh, uh, a few tech YouTubers like Linus and whatnot, uh, actually got to have their, their hands on it at Valve, uh, this week, uh, for, for a couple of hours. And there were some games they just weren't um, going to let them play because there were only certain games that Valve had permission from the developers to use so, on the Steam Deck because it's still actively in development as a platform. What have What have you found out new? Uh, so new, amazingly, uh, for for what it is, basically a laptop in a handheld platform. Um. It handles heat really well. So, uh, however they have it built, uh, completely keeps the heat off of your hands. So your hands out to the side, there is, there is no, um, heat transference out there, which you, which we've seen with basically, uh, every, uh, uh, third party handheld out there that, tried to be like a switch but was really a windows machine or a linux machine um so that part's good confirmation that they are doing that right um it all of the games will be locked to a native resolution meant for the steam deck that's interesting so um you will have some control over graphics but not uh, not the full, not the same full-fledged experience that you do uh, with a regular PC. 
And I really think, while that sounds limiting, um, from Valve's standpoint, I appreciate this, and I actually think it's smart. And here's the reason why. Not everybody who is going to get this is a full-on PC enthusiast like we are, right? Um, so if you were to allow them to, say, install Doom Eternal <clears throat> right, and run it at Ultra <laughs> and try to run higher resolutions than what the um, Steam Deck's display can output... Um, you're just going to in you're possibly going to end up with a poor experience, right? Um, so them limiting some of that. Now they did um, say though they can't show anything off because the dock's not ready yet. But docked to a uh, docked in a dock um, and running on a second display, which they kind of had jerry rigged for the streamers right um did allow other resolution options so it's like no external display resolution options are kind of locked plug in another display through the dock and you get your kind of normal resolution options um it look it looked as though with the games they were they were running um, which again are fairly highly optimized games like uh, Doom Eternal was one CSGO was another um, those are fairly well optimized games all around uh, it, it looked to be running really well and I'll say you really don't notice on a screen that size even though it's running 720 you really don't notice that it's not in full HD or 4K. Yeah, and it's, what, about half the size of that tablet that I've got, right? Uh, basically, yeah, because it's a 7-inch screen. Right, so um, a little basic, bit bigger than your phone. Uh, uh, just slightly bigger than my phone. Really, it's more, it's more of a squared 7-inch display versus my phone's profile. Right, um, which is really like a 5, not even a 5 by 3, that's like a... It's like a five and five point four by three something. It it or by two something. It's weird, like two point eight or two point seven. That's weird. Phone phone resolutions are weird anyway. Yeah. Um. So it it really did run well. Uh, one thing, Valve. Uh. Uh, Valve is. <laughs> Uh, claiming now, but of course there's no confirmation because there's no testing units out there for uh, reviewers and whatnot yet. But they're saying that you should be able to expect up to eight hours worth of battery life on the Steam Deck. I heard that was stream versus... If you're streaming. So through Steam Link. Yeah. So if you're using it through Steam Link, which makes sense because then that means that the CPU is not using all of the uh, 
It's not are, rendering uh, RNA graphics to render everything. It's just literally treating it like a display. So that makes sense. Yeah, I uh, for me and you, there's probably less of a use case as me and you play games a little bit differently than that. But to play something on the go through Steam, downloaded to my device, that would be nice. But yeah, for me, but he, here's your mind blow. So when you look at it, most um, most decent tablets, right, um, are around four to five hundred dollars anyway if you're purchasing them outright think about this way you go get and you have to use an external controller and whatnot let's say you spend the extra thirty dollars and you buy the base steam deck at 429 your controller is already built in and because it's uh because it is a PC, you could run Windows instead of the Steam OS, and then you have both Steam Link and Game Pass. Gotcha. And then you have a fully mobile platform that's not a tablet and a controller. So, I mean, for some people, if you look at it that way, and if Valve is, if Valve is smart, you know, they kind of really push the fact that you can do all of these alternative things with it. It makes it a, a much more viable platform than their Steam, uh, what were those? Uh, Steam. Uh, going the to... Steam Link machines, um, the mini PCs they were, they have partners building. Oh, Steam machines? Yes. So this is that, but done right. <laughs> In my opinion. <laughs> you might not be wrong. Um, But... It did show for the display that's native to the Steam Deck, um, the AMD pro, the AMD uh, Zen two processor that they have with the with the RNA graphics is really works well, and this is pre. RDNA graphics coming out on the Zen 3 processors later this year. So, you know, and this is Valve and AMD kind of flexing that uh, next generation processor muscle a little bit early. So if you see what I'm looking at, that would be the Steam page being up for Elden Ring with a date of January 20th. Oh, nice. That just happened. Woohoo! Well, I say that just happened. That happened two days ago. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's been since we last recorded. So that's awesome news. Yeah, people like myself have been looking forward to this. Not everybody's a Dark Souls fan. I get that. 
Um, it basically just looks like Dark Souls, but you're on a horse. And George R. R. Martin had a part to play with creating the world. I'll say it does look uh, like a vastly graphically upgraded Dark Souls. It does. It looks really pretty. It looks really, really pretty. I'm uh, very much anticipating the fuck out of that. So, um, that's a thing. But, yeah. And um, also they talked about specifically uh, with the Steam machine, the or with the Steam Deck, um, AMD is uh, con- actively still working with Valve on... Um, on new on performance scaling uh, for the for the Linux based soft uh, OS um, specifically when it comes to APU performance because this is a APU form factor CPU so um, uh, that's just going to hopefully um by launch, um, maybe even improve the, uh, both the heat generation and the, and the battery life on the machine overall. So I guess we'll just see what happens. I don't think anybody in our group's going to get a steam deck. Um, but I think I want to do, I do want to keep up with what's going on. Just because, and I'm going to say this, guys. The only reason I won't be getting a, getting a Steam Deck is, and this is true for, for Justin as well, I mean, for what we do, what we would use this for, we long have already had the tools for this. And in fact, Justin just upgraded yeah. one of his tools. Yeah, I've um, been trying to, the final straw was trying to do Game Pass via iOS and then realizing that wasn't a thing. And I was like, you know what? My store, my work store offers a lot of things, right? I didn't buy this tablet. This was the top, almost the top of the line tablet I could get. I still wanted to have, uh, you know, work bucks left over. So I got the tablet and then I'm using the tablet as essentially my stream device for my version of mobile gaming. Yeah. And that's really what I'm going to use it for. That's what I was using the other thing, the the iPad for, but I was only using it for Steam Link and this. I mean, you can see we got a well. Jason can see if I got them side by side. Out of the case, mm-hmm. you can see that this has got that's an eight inch versus a ten inch screen. Well, not only that, but that iPad's like two generations old. Yeah, I've had this iPad for seven years. So, so I don't even know what I'm going to do with it at this point because I don't use it that much. Right. Like, I'm going to have, like, dueling tablets going on here, one for Netflix and one for gaming. Why not? I mean, that's still a perfectly good net- Netflix tablet. I mean, that's essentially what it is at this point. <laughs> um, And, I mean, for, for all intents and purposes... Um, I can do, I can run a lot of the games that Steam Deck would run well. I can still run those on my, on my Surface fairly well. Should I need set up my Surface for gaming 
in places where I'm not going to be able to use Steam Link or Game Pass for streaming. So, I mean, that's the only reason I won't be getting one, guys. That and just the additional investment. I mean, you look at this is as much as a console. Yeah. And you'll, it, you'll spend as much for this as you will for a Nintendo Switch with all the accessories. I don't, I'm not a single game gamer, if that makes sense. I play a lot of games on rotation, just like Jason yeah. getting me ready for Rock'em Sock'em Robots again. Um, I wanted to, I, there's not enough games on PS5 that I want to play that I have to play it on PS5. So it's not a huge priority for me. I can do a lot of the stuff that I can do on a console via, you know, my PC. And because of that, um, you know, there's just so much that's out on PC and so many options right now. Like, this is literally the best that PC gaming has literally ever been, right? With the streaming, with the game mm -hmm. service, with Steam and Steam sales, with freaking Xbox finally, or Microsoft finally getting in the game for PC gaming and having a PC gaming service. Um, something else that's recently happened, um, there's a group... A publishing company, I think, that bought up. There used to be THQ Nordic AB called now. Now they're called Embracer Group. Um, bought up a bunch of studios. They bought up um, Nordic GmbH. I'm not sure who that is. I think it's THQ. Um, Gearbots, Koch Media, um, Go Ship Games. Um, let's see, Hunt Hunt Down Developer, Easy Trigger Games, and Digix Arcs. Um, let's see. Crazy Labs, which is a mobile game producer. Um, but anyways, the uh, they spent $313 million to buy all these studios. So it's 3D Realms, which that's an old name. That's a real, you know, Duke Nukem, right? Um, Crazy Labs, Deca Games, Digix Art, Easy Trigger, Ghost Ship Games, Grimfrost, and Slipgate Ironworks. Ghost Ship's interesting because that's the people that do Deep Rock and, yeah, that's they do Deep Rock. And I'm trying to remember, there's a whole bunch of other things they do besides Deep Rock, though, that were all fairly good. Um, Can't remember off the top of my head. Satisfactory. Mm. Mm -hmm. That's a huge one they did. They've got some hits. In fact, I don't know, I'm thinking about it. They're just Ghost Ship games. They've got some very significant titles. Like, they've done a lot of hits. Still not used to typing on this tablet. Let's see. I'm sure they have a list of their... No, Ghost Ship's really just... I know they've done more than Deep Rock. Huh. They don't have a lot of information here. Um, They've worked on The Division, Prince of Persia, Far Cry 3... That's the developers have worked on that. Um, I could have swore they worked on more than what they've done. I could have swore they worked on Satisfactory. Apparently not. No, I think some of the developers who are, are at Ghost Ship worked on... Coffee Stains, who I'm thinking of. Yeah. I thought Coffee Stain worked on... Did they publish? 
Okay. I now I've got to know because did they they must Oh, they split. Okay. Yeah. See, I knew something cuz here's the Coffee Stain Games page, right? But Ghost Ship was a part of them. Valheim, Deep Rock Galactic, um Goat Simulator, um Sanctum and Satisfactory. Like those are all oh, fairly okay. big hits, but they split. So Ghost Ship Game went I think was being produced by them, but they're the core studio for Deep Rock. Um, but that's weird. Yeah, I just... The coffee has been split. What has happened here? Takes a bite of deep. Oh, no, that's the... Okay, yeah, they published Deep Rock. That's what the deal is. Okay, Ghost Ship is the developer. Anyways, sorry for that uh, weird uh, sidebar there. But anyways, yeah, that uh, that studio, that company bought out several different studios, which I'm kind of interested to see what happens there. Um, but knowing, I was worried for a second there. I was like, ah, oh, Vermintide. And then I remember Vermintide is Fat Shark. Because I really wanted to, uh, don't want anything to happen to fuck up Dark Tide. So I'm eagerly looking at Dark Tide. Right. Um, that reminds me, there's a Icarus, a game that's coming out that was coming out this month that I was looking forward to. That got delayed till November. It's from the original Daisy developer, but apparently that got delayed pretty significantly, and the only thing you can do is get early access for a few weekends um, until it comes out. But um, if you well, are along with uh, along with that, um, crap! What was that Stadia game? Killing cards. Uh, I lost the article. I don't know. Uh, whoops! <laughs> I know, right? Oh, New World has. That's the Amazon game, sorry. Uh, New World's now been delayed until September 28th. Well, I mean, it was killing graphics cards. I mean, there was obviously a lot of optimization that needed to be finished. I'm not so. I'm not playing it. And then, as far as MMOs are concerned, Rusty jumped back into Final Fantasy. So, expect to hear a little bit more about his crafting adventures. Yep. Um... But that being said, like there's a lot of people that recently jumped from WoW into that because of the whole WoW debacle. And I guess you were telling me earlier that Jay, uh, Jay Allard, is that the guy that's yeah. Blizzard? Um, he stepped down, right? Yep. He's leaving the company, looking for new opportunities. There's a lot going on with Blizzard. You know, and it, at this point, like... If it was one person that was crying foul, I'd have questions. When several people are crying foul and then like half the company's going on strike, it's like, what is going on with Blizzard right now? Uh, they fucked up. Some serious fuck ups that happened there. Yep. And uh, I mean, without getting into details, apparently have been going on for years and just been covered up. Um, it's the one time I don't really feel like I'm bandwagoning anything, to be honest with you. Like, I feel like there's so much going on here 
um, and so many things coming out from behind the scenes with that company that, again, like I think I was saying last week, it's a really big company, but it mm. sounds like there was a lot of issues internally with HR that never I mean, fixed a lot of things. I mean, realistically, like in reference in reference to how big this is, especially in reference to the podcast, Matt uninstalled WoW. Yeah, Matt originally started playing WoW with me back in 04. Yeah. Um, and has decided he's finally uh, not messing with it for a while. Yeah. Uh, and, I mean, that's huge. Because Matt was the largest defender <laughs> among our group of influence <laughs> of WoW. So, I mean, you know stuff is... You know stuff is getting hairy when people have been playing it for close to 20 years are right. uninstalling it. You don't have a whole lot else. Do you have anything else? No, not really. Um, just looking forward to a lot of these Game Pass titles that are, that are coming up. Yeah, um, Aliens... The new Aliens game is coming to Game Pass. Aliens Fireteam Elite's coming to Game Pass on my birthday. The day after, Psychonauts 2 comes out. Um, oh, is Psychonauts going to be a Game Pass game? Yep. Okay. Well, if you like Psychonauts, there you go. I mean, I'll give it a try. The first one was kind of weird. But I mean, it's something you can probably play with your kids around. Exactly. If you are looking for other things, though, um, um, we actually like Limnus Gate's been delayed. So I'm not, not. I don't know how I feel about it. I'm not nearly as excited as you guys are, but I am excited to let you know about some games that I did play in the past that are on Game Pass that are good. Um, you've got Hades, which is isn't it already on there? Thirteenth, uh, so it comes out next week. And then by the time you hear this podcast. And if you need something that's kind of apples and oranges to Hades, um, play Curse of the Dead Gods. That's also on there. Yep. There's also a a lot like um, Hades, but not nearly the same story and way different gameplay mechanics. So if you're looking for a run-based game, Hades and Curse of the Dead Gods are where it's at, and they're both on Game Pass. I've been flirting excellent. with that. And of course, if you listen to our Game of the Year podcast... If you have Game Pass and you haven't played Children of Morta, oh, yeah, install it. it. Yeah, Atomicrops is also on there too, and I like Atomicrops. I, I like these run-based games if they're good. Um, because I can feel like if I get to a certain point, I feel like I've gotten everything I need out of it for a while. And if I go back to it, I'm still making progress. Yep. I think that's the way in my head that I have to look at roguelikes as, you know, you can play them infinitely to get all the things or you can play until you get what you want out of it and then still have game left if you want to come back to it later. Yep. But I really don't have a whole lot else. I think I think at 12:30 it's probably time for you to go to bed. It's yeah, I think we're good. I don't have anything else news-wise. It most of the news this week was dominated by Activision Blizzard, and I really don't want to get into all the nitty gritty there. So Yeah, it's pretty with, it's pretty gross. So with that guys, find us at tiltcast.com. Find us on Facebook and Twitter.com slash tiltcast. Our YouTube channels youtube.com slash real tiltcast and search for us on iTunes and Spotify. Subscribe.
Find some friends of the show. We've got Cabbage KBG. We've got NoQuarters.net. We've got For the Love of Gaming. We've got BMFCast.com and TVGP.tv. They like uh, Game Pass as much as we do, if not more. With that, it's the end of the show. Peace. Thank you.